slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we talk all things New York Islanders. Tonight, game three of the Islanders NHL Stanley Cup semifinal series with the Tampa Bay Lightning, both sides even at one game apiece. And folks, the old barn is going to be rocking tonight. We will have all the latest. We'll preview this game break it all down for you, and look ahead to what really should be a special night at the Coliseum. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. So, Game 3 is tonight a key one. The Islanders need to at least split in these two games at the Coliseum. That would put them in good shape, but if they can win them both, they would be in the driver's seat heading in uh, to Game 5 at Tampa. But obviously, important to take them one game at a time and concentrate on taking that 2-1 to one series lead. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss Feel free to email the show at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am also live tweeting during every Islanders game. So uh, if you want instant insight and analysis, anything on your mind that you have a question, you want to talk about it, uh, please feel free to follow on Twitter and uh, always great to interact with fans during the game. So game three tonight, going to be electric in the Coliseum, but I'll, I'll tell you, there are a number of things that the Islanders are going to need to do if they want to get back to where they were in game one. Because if you break down the first two games, game one, the Islanders were the smarter team and the better, more fundamentally sound team. They had more energy and more uh, intensity than Tampa Bay had. And that was one of the big reasons they were able to win. Game two, absolutely the flip side of that, where Tampa Bay suddenly said to themselves, oh my, we're down one nothing in this series. We can't afford to fall behind 2 nothing." And it was almost like their alarm clock went off. They woke up and they came out and 
were physical with the Islanders almost from the opening faceoff. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about in our weekly locker room chat uh, last night was that the Lightning are happy to trade their fourth-line players for the Islanders' fourth-line players if you're talking about heading off the ice for two minutes for roughing or five minutes for fighting. Patrick Maroon, Ross Colton, Tyler Johnson, nothing against those guys. They're all legitimate NHL hockey players. But they don't mean quite as much to the Tampa Bay Lightning as the identity line of Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck means to the New York Islanders. And, you know, if if Tampa Bay can take Matt Martin or Casey Sezekis off the ice for two minutes or five minutes, and all they have to do is give up Patrick Maroon, I'm telling you they'll take that trade every time. And it does not benefit the Islanders. It benefits Tampa Bay. And even better, if they can draw a penalty, give the Islanders that extra two, uh, you know, that is something that the Islanders cannot afford to do. So the Islanders have to answer the Lightning's physicality tonight without taking penalties and without getting off their game. In game one, we saw the Islanders play a smart, physical kind of a hockey game. And that's what they need to repeat in Game 3. Don't take penalties. Don't even get those trade-offs. Do not let the Tampa Bay Lightning get under your skin. And make sure that anything you do, you know, you don't lose your cool. Because... That is exactly what Tampa Bay is trying to accomplish by the way they played in Game 2. Obviously, the other thing that is way up front at the top of the list is that the Islanders have to stay out of the penalty box. They gave the Lightning five power play chances in Game 2. And I'll tell you right now, you you do that, you give them five power play chances every game, they're going to score, look, they're averaging 42% in the playoffs on the power play. So you give them five chances, if they continue along that rate, that's giving up two goals. Well, we all know the Islanders are not an offensive juggernaut. Goals are not easy to come by for this team. And the Lightning have a great goaltender in Vasilevsky, they have a strong defense, McDonough, uh, you know, obviously Hedman. So at the end of the day, the Islanders need to limit the number of power play opportunities they give the Lightning. And they didn't do it in game two. They did a good job of killing penalties. They did kill four out of the five. But in game three, let's say three penalties or less, and preferably two penalties or less, would really make a big difference for the Islanders heading in to Game 3. So minimize those penalties, play physical but play smart. Those are the first two things we're talking about for tonight's game. We've got a couple more 
subtle things that the Islanders need to do better in Game 3. We'll talk about that. We have our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The baseball season is now in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You've also got the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, of course. Uh, hey, NFL right around the corner. You've got the Euros going on in soccer, and uh, the Olympics also right around the corner. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next puck drop, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams go on their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So one other thing that is absolutely critical for Game 3 is that the Islanders have to get back to playing Islanders-style hockey. And one of the things we saw in Game 1 that was critical to the team's success was that for most of the game, whenever the Lightning had the puck in the Islanders' zone, the Islanders had a player in between the puck and their own goal. And that meant that there were very few quality scoring chances in the high traffic, high danger areas. I believe, according to Natural Stat Trick, there were eight total quality chances in the 43 minutes of five on five that were uh, that were played in Game One for Tampa Bay. That's not a lot, and it doesn't allow them for you know, to to utilize their dangerous weapons most effectively. In Game 2, the Islanders did not do that, and to compound that problem, and just to make it even more frustrating, Adam Pellick, who is really, you know, obviously one of their top pair defensemen, one of their most reliable uh, defensemen, you know, Two mistakes by Pellick led directly to two of the four goals scored by the Lightning in this game. And both times, you know, Pellick was being pressured by the opposition, had a chance to uh, clear the puck, but could not do it. Uh, And it just didn't work. The result was a turnover. And then a Tampa Bay goal. And Pellick, you know, he, if you look at the replay, if you go back and check it out, Pellick knew right away that he made that mistake. And, you know, he's frustrated by it. It happens. But, look, Adam Pellick is one of the most consistent players the Islanders have. And they will need him to get back to playing that style of hockey. The Islanders have to do a better job of making sure that, you know, they clear the puck efficiently, quickly, and in a way that helps them transition 
to offense. They didn't do that consistently in Game 2. They did it much, much better in Game 1, and obviously the results speak for themselves. I know a lot of people are upset about the officiating, and look, I, I, I think the Islanders definitely have a legitimate grievance with regard to the goal where Tampa Bay had too many men on the ice. They had seven players out there. Uh, clearly, that goal should not have counted, but the officials missed it, and that's going to happen. On the flip side, Brock Nelson got a power play goal off a questionable call uh, in the sense that the Tampa Bay player was clearly pushed into Simeon Varlamov on the play, but was still charged with goalie interference. That call, there's a little bit more gray area than there was on the too many men mistake, but if you accept the fact that those are both official mistakes, they kind of equal out when push comes to shove. Here's the bottom line. The Islanders cannot afford to worry about the officials. They're going to make bad calls both ways. If it's challengeable, Barry Trotz should absolutely challenge it. If it's offside, if if if, you, if they can challenge a goal uh, and they have a legitimate chance of winning the challenge, by all means. But I'll tell you right now, the only teams that get upset at the officials in the playoffs and in the regular season as well are the teams that are losing. And you can't worry about the calls. The calls are going to equal out. And based on the fact that the Islanders have home ice advantage and have one of the loudest crowds in hockey behind them, I think they may even get a little bit of a, a more of the benefit of the doubt in Game 3 when it comes to the officials than they had in the first two games. So don't worry about the officials. That will take care of itself, and usually it comes close to equaling out. But go out there, play your game, and just keep on doing the things that got you here. It's definitely something that the Islanders are capable of. It's been drilled into them uh, throughout the last three seasons since Barry Trotz took over, and I think it will continue to be second nature for them. It's what they've got to keep doing. Look, they were outplayed pretty badly in Game 2, and yet, you know, they scored with, what, about 10 and a half, 11 minutes left to get to within 4-2. to two. They were still in the game. They had a chance, and that's one of the beautiful things about this Islander team. They are able to win games when they're outshot by a large margin, when they're outplayed for large stretches of time because they capitalize on opposition mistakes, and they don't make a lot of mistakes on their own. And again, that's the kind of game that they need to get back to if they hope to win Game 3 against this Tampa Bay Lightning. Offensively, obviously, you need Matt Barzal and Jordan Eberle to do their thing. And look, Barzy scored again in Game 2. He is still hot right now. And the B&B &B line has to pick things up a little bit as well because, you know, they were all minus 2s in Game 2. And yeah, 
you know, Brock Nelson scored the power play goal that tied it at one, but the Islanders do need uh, to get more production five on five from that uh, second line, the B&B line, without question, if they hope to contend. And again, you know, the Islanders are not going to win game seven to two. These are going to be scrums. These are going to be hard fought battles. But you know what? That's exactly the kind of hockey the New York Islanders are used to playing. They play the same style all season long, and they should expect nothing less than another tough, hard-fought battle tonight at the Nassau Coliseum. All right, when we come back, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, an update on J.G. Pajot's status, and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterperson orders the parts on his or her computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and in your pockets. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Why pay up to twice as much for the same part when rockauto.com has the same prices for everybody and they are reliably low? Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and they have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, or even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver you have everything you need in a few easy clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com time now for our islanders birthday of the day a fairly obscure one today but uh, we want to wish a very happy 44th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Tommy Pettinen. Pettinen drafted in the ninth round by the Islanders back in the year 2000. The six foot three, 210 pounds Finnish native did start his uh, career in Finland, joined the Islanders organization in the 2001-2002 playoffs and made his Islanders debut in 2002-2003, ended up playing in parts of three seasons for the Islanders, playing 24 games, and he totaled 18 penalty minutes. We're going to go back and look at one of his more uh, productive games with the Islanders. February 4th, 2006, at the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh. Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Rick DiPietro, the goalie for the Islanders. Marc-Andre Fleury in net for Pittsburgh. Islanders got on the board first. Miro Chatan is 21st from Trent Hunter and Brent Sopel at 231, 1-0 Islanders. But a power play goal by Sidney Crosby tied it. Then the Islanders' power play went to work with Ryan Whitney in the box for holding. Miro Chatan, his second goal of the game. Second power play goal, Mike York and Brent Sopel with the helpers. At the end of one period, it was 2-1 to one Isles. Islanders extended their lead. Miro Chatan completing the hat trick. Again, a power play goal. Joel Bouchard and Mike York with the assists at 9.32. But uh, Thomas Sorovi answered with a power play goal for Pittsburgh at the end of 40 minutes. 
Islanders 3, Penguins 2. The Penguins managed to tie it with a goal by Mark Recchi, also a power play goal early in the third period, but Chris Campoli comes through, giving the Islanders back the lead. Jason Blake and Alexi Yashin, the helpers. Rick Jackman scores a power play goal with three and a half minutes left to tie it. It goes to a shootout, and the Islanders end up winning it. Their final score, Islanders 5 and the Pittsburgh Penguins 4. For our Islanders' birthday of the day, Tommy, uh, Tommy Pettinen, Four penalty minutes in this game. He played 19 minutes and 14 seconds. Rick DiPietro made 40 saves to earn the win for the Islanders. But again, we want to wish a very happy 44th birthday to Tommy Pettinen, the Finnish former Islanders defenseman, and many, many more happy and healthy birthdays. So as you may remember, Jean-Gabriel Pajot left the uh, game early, did not play late in the third period. Apparently, you know, he has some soreness, is nursing a little bit of an injury, but according to Barry Trotz, uh, Pajot should be ready to go. When it was 4-1, to one, he just decided, hey, he's going to be fine for the next game, but we're going to rest him, and that's what they did. And look, obviously, uh, Pajot, vital to the success of this team, and we'll see whether or not uh, he is at full strength, but all indications are J.G. Pajot should be in the lineup when the Islanders take on the Lightning tonight. Uh, obviously, Simeon Varlamov uh, left the game, came back, and finished it. According to uh, Barry Trotz and a few other published reports, Varlamov didn't want to come out of the game at all, but he ended up coming out because the league's medical people wanted him evaluated for a concussion. Sorokin came in, made six saves in a little less than seven minutes, and played well, kept the Islanders even in this game at 1-1, and basically uh, Varlamov finished up, so that should not be a problem as far as lineup changes, again, I still think Oliver Wallstrom for Travis Zajac would make sense, although that's not what Barry Trotz is inclined to do. Noah Dobson also had his moments struggling. Uh, don't think, though, that we'll necessarily see Braden Coburn just because of what Dobson does on the power play. I know that Barry Trotz tends to prefer to use experienced players, but Dobson, again, you know, he's only playing 10, 12, 14 minutes a game, and I think that we will see Dobson because the Islanders cannot afford to lose his productivity with the extra attackers. Special teams in the playoffs, always extremely critical, and the Islanders are going to need that uh, tonight and throughout the rest of this series, so I think they stick with uh Noah Dobson in this game. If not, you have Braden Coburn ready. Uh, maybe you go Sebastian Ajo, but I, I don't think we're going to see a change there. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Tonight, big game. We'll be back tomorrow with a full recap and, of course, a preview of Saturday's big game four. Should be a great night at the Old Barn, a special moment. Enjoy it. Going to be a, a, an intense and exciting game and a great series, so stay with us. We have new podcasts every weekday, and they drop around 12.25 a.m., a little after midnight, so night owls can listen before bed. Early risers, subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice, and the podcast will be waiting when you wake up in the morning. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.